Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 622 for release on Sunday, January 24th, 2021. In WaveScan today, KDKA, medium wave and short wave in Pittsburgh, unusual radio events. We'll be telling you about the Winter Shortwave Listeners Festival, QSL collections, and an update from All India Radio, as well as our Australian DX report. As is so well known, medium wave radio station KDKA in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, was not only a pioneer broadcasting station, but it was also a station whose equipment was in use for progressive radio experiments. A very interesting three-page article about the history of station KDKA was published in the November 24, 1941 edition of the American trade journal Broadcasting. This now historic article was prepared by Dwight A. Meyer, who was the chief engineer at KDKA back then, and it was written to commemorate the station's 21st anniversary. In his extensive information, Meyer mentions several different facts about radio station KDKA that are not usually included in historic information about this station. Here's Ray Robinson with the story. Thanks, Jeff. As has been presented here in WaveScan on previous occasions, the inaugural broadcast from station KDKA began at 6pm on Tuesday evening, November 2nd, 1920, under the temporary call sign 8ZZ. A new 100-watt transmitter was specially constructed for the occasion, and its operating channel was 550 metres, or 545 kHz, at the bottom end of what subsequently became the standard medium wave band or broadcast band. The entire 8ZZ KDKA radio station was installed in a temporary wooden hut on the top of the flat-roofed Building K at the Westinghouse factory in East Pittsburgh. However, it's not generally known that test transmissions were made in advance at that same factory location with the use of another radio transmitter in order to test the feasibility of the intended project. The temporary test transmitter was Engineer Frank Conrad's own amateur station, 8XK, that was brought in specially for the occasion from his home in nearby Wilkinsburg. The 8XK transmitter was described as a breadboard layout using two 50-watt tubes, and the antenna system was a six-wire flat top that was afterwards used for the inaugural broadcast. When the station was subsequently on the air for its regular daily programming, the operators needed to know that the station was actually on the air. For this purpose, they needed a monitor receiver, so therefore they rigged up a small portable crystal set receiver with headphones. The on-duty operator carried this primitive monitor radio receiver with him constantly. However, there were occasions when carrying a portable crystal receiver was inconvenient, so instead they rigged up another type of radio receiver to monitor the transmissions from the KDKA radio transmitter. An original Fleming valve or tube was placed close to the transmitter and enough RF energy was thus picked up to activate a large headphone which was attached to the narrow end of a motor car horn. This combination served as a radio receiver with a loudspeaker. 
The second location as the transmitter site for KDKA was on top of a low hill on Greensburg Pike, Forest Hills, which was taken into service on August 13, 1924. Three years later, a new full-power 50-kilowatt medium-wave transmitter was inaugurated at this location, and the radiation system was a diamond-shaped rhombic antenna. However, each leg of the diamond was in itself a multi-wire cage antenna. Now, when the new KDKA transmitter station was taken into service at this new location in 1924, what happened to the one-year-old one-kilowatt transmitter that was previously in use on the top of Building K in East Pittsburgh? Well, that transmitter was dismantled and shipped to Chicago, where it was incorporated into the technical equipment of Westinghouse's three-year-old KYW, Chicago's first radio broadcasting station. In 1927, Westinghouse Radio KDKA installed an experimental ultra-shortwave transmitter at Forest Hills that was capable of emitting RF signals on 10 metres, 30,000 kilohertz. That was indeed a pioneer event back then. These days, the radio spectrum around 30 megahertz is in use for amateur and commercial communications. And then a year later, in 1928, at the same Forest Hills location, a shortwave transmitter was designed so that it would emit both amplitude and frequency modulated signals simultaneously. In this unusual arrangement, this special transmitter could emit both AM and FM signals on 63 metres at the same time. And finally, when the Allison Park transmitter station was planned in the era immediately before the commencement of World War II, it was intended that the KDKA shortwave service via WPIT would also again be co-sited with the medium wave. However, that did not happen. Instead, station WPIT was transferred from Pittsburgh to Boston. But that's a story for another time. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles, California. Some good news now from All India Radio. And this comes to us from Joseph Jacob in India. From 15th of January 2021, All India Radio has restarted several services that were suspended on the 24th of March 2020 due to the COVID-19 situation. They've also reorganized their services with new timings and frequencies, which will be under test for 10 days, and normal services will start from the 26th of January, 2021, which is Republic Day of India. Programs in 16 languages like Arabic, Chinese, French, Russian, etc. are there now at new timings and frequencies. All India Radio has also resumed issue of QSL cards by post, which were suspended from March of 2020, and old reports are being cleared out now. However, the bad news, says Jose, is that several services like the English service, also known as the General Overseas Service, and those in many Indian languages like Hindi, etc., for expatriates abroad, are not there now. Shortwave transmissions are on the air now only from Bengaluru and Delhi, as the shortwave transmitters from Aligarh, Panaji, and Chennai were closed down very recently. And Joseph Jacob sends us this recording of AIR's interval signal.
the interval signal there from All India Radio. Now, some news for, uh, well, particularly for those in uh, the northeastern United States and eastern Canada, although this year everybody can attend the Winter SWL Fest. February 26th to 27th of 2021, it's going to be online using the Zoom webinar platform. The Winter SWL Fest is a conference of radio hobbyists of all stripes, from D.C. to daylight, they say. Historically, every year, scores of hobbyists have descended on the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania suburbs for a weekend of camaraderie. The SWL Fest is sponsored by NASWA, the North American Shortwave Association, but it covers much more than just shortwave. It also covers medium wave, scanning, satellite TV, and pirate broadcasting. Whether you've been to every fest, all 33 of them, starting with the first year at the fabled pink and purple room at the Fiesta Motor Inn, or if this year's will be your first, you're sure to find a welcome from your fellow hobbyists, even if it's a virtual welcome this year. The 34th annual Winter SWL Festival will be a two-partial-day affair that is scheduled for February 26th to 27th. That's Friday and Saturday. Calendar year 2020 was a strange one for everybody with the COVID-19 pandemic disrupting our lives. Therefore, the ability to hold an in-person Winter SWL Festival this year just is not practical. As a result, a decision was made to hold the annual gathering using modern technology, the Zoom platform. Naturally, they hope to return to an in-person event again next year in 2022. Well, the program for the uh, meeting is still under development, but they hope to have some of the regular forum sessions, as well as a few surprises along the way. Further information will be provided as the schedule develops over the next few weeks. Please check the website, which is swlfest.com. That's swlfest.com for updates on the Winter SWL Festival between now and the event itself on February 26th and 27th. There will be a modest registration fee of $5, primarily to cover the costs of utilizing the Zoom platform. Everybody needs to register by February 15th to participate in this event. Unlike past years, there is only one way you can register for the event, and that's online via PayPal. You can find all the details on the website, www.swlfest.com. So, there are two things to remember to do. The first one is register by February 15th in order to participate, and the second is to follow updates that will become available at swlfest.com over the coming weeks. That information from Rich Cuff and John Figliazzi, the organizers there, at the SWL Fest. Excellent event. We've been there a number of times in the past, as has our editor, Adrian Peterson. Uh, By the way, one hour of the SWL Fest, one of the six hours, is going to be broadcast live on WRMI. That is from 0200 to 0300 UTC Saturday, February 27th. Uh, So that's Friday night in the Americas at 0200 to 0300 UTC Saturday, February 27th, and that's on two frequencies, simulcast on 7780 and 5800 kilohertz. 
As I mentioned, Adrian Peterson, our editor, has been to uh, some of these SWL fests in the past, and I know he has taken part of his tremendous QSL collection to uh, the meeting for people to uh, look at. And Adrian sends us some very interesting information about uh, QSL collections. He says, at the present time, several well-known monitors in North America have indicated on the Internet their concern as to what will happen with their valuable collection of QSL cards and letters. We here at AWR WaveScan in Indianapolis, Indiana, have given consideration to this matter, and we have a suggestion to offer. For those who would like to do so, you can send large and small collections of QSL cards and letters to our address in Indianapolis. We will accept them and maintain them in safe storage until things settle down after the virus pandemic. It is our intent that we will then secure a suitable public location where all of the stored QSL collections will then be open to the public for display and research. Currently, we are already holding around 100,000 QSL cards and letters and paper radio items. And all additional items that we receive will join the current collection for a permanent, suitable public location. The two large QSL collections held by the Radio Heritage in New Zealand and the Committee to Preserve Radio Verifications in the United States are no longer accepting additional QSLs to their already large collections, and thus the Indianapolis QSL collection is offering the opportunity for the permanent preservation of valuable QSL collections from anywhere in the world. So if you have a QSL collection, or if you'd like to bequeath a QSL collection when you no longer need it, uh, the, these can be sent to, I'm going to give you the address, um, it's for Dr. Adrian M. Peterson, who is the editor of WaveScan, and the International Coordinator for Adventist World Radio, Dr. Adrian M. Peterson. The address is 903 Tanninger Drive. That's T-A-N-N-I-N-G-E-R Drive. In Indianapolis, Indiana, 46239-9474 in the USA. Again, Dr. Adrian Peterson, 903 Tanninger, T-A-N-N-I-N-G-E-R Drive, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46239-9474 in the USA. And in case you didn't uh, copy down that address or you'd like more information, you can uh, contact uh, Adrian by email at uh, the address that we always mention at the end of the program, which is wavescan at awr.org. That's wavescan at awr.org. A few weeks ago, we mentioned here on the program uh, about a new DX program that's in uh, only the DRM mode at this point from KTWR in Guam. And we have uh, a note here from the producer of the program, uh, Arun Kumar Narasimhan from Chennai in India. He says, I've been producing and presenting DXer's Diary, a five-minute weekly DX program in KTWR's DRM broadcast on 13800 kHz at 1026 UTC every Sunday. And that began on January 3rd, 2021. 
This program is designed to make it easy for listeners to contribute to the advancement of the DX hobby. In this program, we broadcast listeners' logs, band scans sent to us from listeners around the world, news and frequency changes by various radio stations around the world. And Arun Kumar also says we uh, plan to broadcast information about competitions, contests, and club information in our program. The email address to send information for the program, loggings and so on, is dxersdiary at gmail.com. That's dxersdiary at gmail.com. And again, it can be heard on KTWR from Guam in its DRM broadcast on 13800 kilohertz, 1026 UTC every Sunday. And finally, reception report from uh, Cal Craig in Stowe, Ohio, USA, who uh, sent the report to the Voice of Hope. Ray Robinson forwarded it to me. He says, I had the pleasure to receive your broadcast for the first time on 7780 kilohertz on the late afternoon of Sunday, January 10th, uh, from 535 to 558 p.m. Eastern Time. My location is Stowe, a suburb of Akron, Ohio, and my receiver was a 1967 Drake SW4A with a 20-foot long wire antenna. For the most part, your signal was received loud and clear, although there were times of deep fades lasting for 30 seconds or so. The SINPO rating, 45434. It says, I've just returned to listening to shortwave after many years, and this was the first time I have heard you. You now have a new listener. And uh, uh, Ray Robinson passes this on to us because, uh, as he wrote to Cal, he says, thanks for your interest, but I'm afraid the transmission you heard was from WRMI in Florida, not from KVOH here in California. The KVOH ID you heard at 5.50 p.m. Eastern was just an illustrative piece of audio within the WaveScan program. It wasn't an ID of the station broadcasting the program. Sorry for the confusion. And yes, uh, as as you might know, here on WaveScan, we sometimes play identifications and interval signals and things, uh, air checks from different radio stations around the world. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're listening to that station, but we want to uh, let you know what it sounds like to enable you to uh, perhaps hear it more easily yourself uh, directly there. Okay? So thank you to Ray for passing that on to us. Thank you to uh, Cal Craig for listening to us on 7780 kHz. And last but not least, let's go to Bob Padula in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to another edition of the Australian DX Report. This is Bob Padula in Melbourne, Australia, bringing to you our latest roundup of news concerning shortwave broadcasting stations around the world. We include information concerning propagation reports, monitoring information, solar activity news, schedule information and other items of interest to shortwave monitoring enthusiasts. A reminder that all times we give in these programs are in UTC, also known as GMT, and all frequencies are in kilohertz. Full detail QSL cards are available for correct reception reports received for the Australian DX report. The address will be given at the end of the program. So now, here is this week's news. Information received from the Ionospheric Prediction Service in Sydney, New South Wales, here in Australia, advises that the level 
of solar activity remains very low. The 10.7 centimetre solar flux has dropped to 73 and the daily equivalent smooth sunspot number has fallen to 11, that's 1, 1. Those figures are not expected to change significantly in the immediate future. Moving now through the closing phases of sunspot cycle 24, but no new sunspots have occurred yet or have been seen on the face of the Sun which could indicate the beginning of solar cycle 25. In the meantime, high frequency reception or transmission on frequencies above about 10 MHz for darkness or semi-darkness paths over longer distances will continue to be unreliable. However, frequencies above about 10 MHz on daylight paths will be somewhat more satisfactory. Here in Melbourne, it's our midsummer period and this is associated with changes in propagation patterns uh, on all bands. This is a summary I made recently between 1900 and 1915 in the 49 metre bands with quite good reception from all continents and this is what we noted. 5900 the Bible Voice Broadcasting Religious Station broadcasting from the relay in Kostinbrod, Bulgaria with programming in Arabic. 5860 Radio Fadar broadcasting from the Kuwait transmitting station in Persian. 5910 The American Religious Station WBCQ with its relay for European listeners from Wolferton in England with programming in Arabic. Just a reminder that full detail ADXR QSL cards are available by contacting this address. The URL is simply adxr.org. I'll give it once again adxr.org. At that address you'll find all the details about how you may send in a reception report and you can receive a QSL card via postal mail, that's physical postal mail, or via the internet. So until our next program, this is Bob in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, wishing you all good listening and thanks for being with us. Goodbye for now. No, you're not listening to Radio Budapest. It's not on shortwave anymore, unfortunately. But uh, this is uh, Hector Berlioz with his Hungarian March, which you used to hear on Radio Budapest. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, it's back to the radio scene on the South Pacific Chatham Islands. Our ancient DX report for 1923, and our Indian DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. 
Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for this program to the AWR address in Thailand, I'll give you in a moment, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, which may be WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. That's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, in Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan or for information about uh, how you can uh, donate QSLs to the Indianapolis QSL collection, that's wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.